Hello there guys and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week I'm joined by Tom and Luke of Royals. Now if you aren't aware, Royals are a pop punk band located down south near where I live. Tom Guilford is a long-term friend of mine. He's actually been on a few episodes of Genuine Chit Chat in the earlier days. I think it was the first 50 episodes or so he came on twice. One of which was to speak about The Room, which is hilarious. So make sure you go check that out too. And uh, Luke Smithson, um, he's the singer and frontman of Royals, while Tom is the bassist and Tom's one of the newer members. And this is going to be part one of our chat. So part two will be released next week. But anyone who supports Genuine Chit Chat on Patreon already has access to both parts in one unsplit release. So in part one, uh, we speak about how the band is different to other bands Tom and Luke have been into, how they put their covers together, what pop punk actually means to each of them, uh, the favourite part of being in the band, and then how lockdown has affected their EP release, as well as lots of other things as well, including the music video and song meaning of the recent single, Jaded. In the description, there are links to Royals on Spotify, as well as their custom Spotify playlist, which includes some of their music and some of the other music of bands they've been associated with as well. And also in the description is their website and their various social medias too. Now for clarity, this episode is released the 6th of the 6th, 2021, and their EP is getting released this coming Friday on June 11th, uh, which is the EP we speak about in this chat quite a lot. And uh, part two of this chat is going to be released just after their EP is released, so next Sunday. Uh, so I've timed it, I think, quite well, where part one's getting released, and then their EP, and then part two. So make sure you do check out their full EP when it gets released. I managed to listen to it a bit early, and it is excellent. I really recommend people, whether or not you're a big fan of pop punk or not, just give it a go. It is really cool. I'll be back at the end to talk to you guys about what's coming out in part two, other stuff I've been involved with recently and a few other relevant things here. Um, but yeah, as I said, part two will be released next week for the general listeners of you guys. But if you are desperate to listen to part two, check out on patreon.com slash genuine chit chat, where you can pay as little as one pound a month and you will get access to full on split episodes of genuine chit chat, include several other ones and also the afterthoughts special show that myself and Megan do. But I'll give much more information about that towards the end. So hope you guys really enjoy this. Make sure you reach out to Tom and Luke and the rest of Royals saying how much you loved this conversation and make sure you listen to their EP because it is genuinely brilliant. Anyway guys, enough from me, I bring you Royals. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people and I'm your host, Mike Burton. And I am here today with Tom and Luke, and there's something that joins Tom and Luke together, apart from now knowing me, uh, but it is actually the band Royals. So obviously you guys are both a part of it. Tom is more of a recent addition. So Luke, do you want to just vaguely tell us about Royals and then we'll go from there? Yeah, man. Um, thanks for having us on the show, first of all. Um, yeah, we're a band called Royals. Uh, we're a pop punk band uh, based out of Southampton in the UK. Um there's five of us, obviously me and Tom are here. And then there's, we've got another Tom, uh, we've got Alex and Will. Uh, that's what, who makes up the band. Um, and yeah, we're just five guys who love music. Wonderful. And so I want to ask, um, one of the first things that kind of comes to mind um, is with with pop punk in itself, the, um, obviously there's so many great bands in pop punk and it kind of had its, not its heyday, but you know, things come in and out of fashion in, in a sense, especially in the alternative scene. It, it goes so quickly, it changes and things. I think we all remember the post-hardcore days of sort of the mid-2000s. I know, Tom, you do, because you're in a couple of bands <laughs> to do with that. Like, some, name a couple of the best band names. I just, I remember them being hilarious for yours. Uh, what, my previous bands we had? The really old one, yeah, the post-hardcore band names. They're um, just my favourite thing about well, that my genre. My first band was This Is Atlantica, which had no absolute meaning other than the singer had a dream about a place called Atlantica. Then there was Seasons in Wreckage, Eden in Vain. It went went on, on that way, yeah. 
Amazing. So with pop punk in itself, obviously, I would say a few years ago, it kind of had its its big wave and then it simmered down a little bit. And now it feels like it's having a bit of resurgence again, which is awesome because, you know, I always find that I always want pop punk to come back in summer because it's just one of the big sort of, they're very upbeat and things. So I want to ask you, Luke, so what made you start Royals, obviously, because you're, you've been in it from the start. So what kind of pushed that for you? Yeah, man. So uh, funnily enough, I was in like a metalcore band about um, from about 2000. I don't even know when we started, but we, we broke up about 2015. And I kind of was speaking to somebody in the local music scene who wanted to start a pop punk band and he was looking for a vocalist. And I'd only ever done the odd bit of vocals in my old band, but I was kind of up for it. So I started that with him and it started going well until things started to fall apart, but I wasn't really ready to give it up. So I said, right, I'm going to carry this on. Uh, no one else wanted to carry it on. So I was like, right, I'm going to have to obviously do it under a different name. I'm going to have to find new people. And yeah, so it would have been around, it would have been around like sort of mid to end of 2018. I was like, right, okay, I need to like find some people. And yeah, I don't really know like how the transition from sort of metal to pop punk happened, but it was just kind of someone was looking for a vocalist and I, I was probably just sick of my mum and dad saying they couldn't listen to my screechy music anymore because there was <laughs> so much screaming in it. Um, and I wanted to do something that kind of appealed to a wider audience. Um, obviously you say, you know, pop punk kind of has come in its waves and, and sort of died down again, but overall it, it's it's probably got a bigger audience than sort of metal and uh, you know music with screaming in um but yeah i think that was kind of the push that and just it kind of fell into place yeah and that's kind of how it all happened really mm. yeah and with you sort of tom i know that you've had obviously you said you've been sort of a lot of the post-hardcore um background and hardcore and that sort of genre and things but like as long as i've known you you've always been a big fan of pop punk but have have you been in any other pop punk bands before this no, I haven't. So that's the thing is Luke obviously said that about why he went into pop punk. But for me, I was always the pop punk kid of the hardcore, like any band <laughs> that I was in. So it was always like that one person in the band who prefers it. And that was always me. Um, funnily enough, we actually played together at a show like years and years ago. Never spoke when Luke was in Gone By Tomorrow and I was in either Seasons or Eden in Vain. Nice. So that, that's weird. But um, Destined to be together from the start yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing and how have you how have you both like found we'll start with you Luke then um, with the transition from sort of the other bands that you've been in what are some of the things that you like most about pop punk in a way and what are some of the things that are different yeah so I think like one of the first things is just everything not that being in a metal band wasn't fun but everything's just a little bit more light-hearted and upbeat and just kind of I mean you feel that in the music anyway but like it's kind of like you say about pop punk kind of being like a summer thing. You want it to come back for the summer. It's like you can kind of wind the windows down on a summer day and blast some pop punk tunes and it's just good vibes. And you kind of just get that energy being in the band, like playing fun, upbeat songs you can kind of jump around to. You're not looking moody in every photo shoot. Like it's just kind of, it just, I just like the sort of vibe overall. Um, and it's kind of, I don't want to say it's a little less serious because we do take what we do seriously, but it, it does just feel a little bit more light-hearted so that's kind of my thing and what about you tom how do you feel of the differences yeah i much prefer i mean i was always in heavier bands because all my friends were in heavier bands so they were like that was the direct link to go into those bands but i was always like i'd love to play pop punk so um for the same reasons really like the vibes and stuff like that like <laughs> there's so many practices or shows that we go to and i'd finish playing a really heavy set and i'd chuck my ipod on and straight away just chill out to like pop punk and stuff so it's always come naturally to want to play that, I think. So 
there's definitely a difference there. I think it's that, and you also wanted to just have to play like four root notes on the bass, so it was really easy for you. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've always root noted. It's, it's just it's an easier root note. <laughs> 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 it, is one, it is one of those things with, with pop punk where it is it, it generally does have that more upbeat feel to it a lot more and it does allow you to kind of it has that silliness and i think that what we were speaking about a bit before press record is sort of obviously you've got quite a few videos out, especially for this release and whatnot and i like that you guys always look like you're having fun in when in in the right context because you've got a couple more serious videos and you've got a couple more fun ones and one of the ones i specifically quite enjoyed uh, was the quarantine video and things and if you just speak about the, the song itself um, and then also what made you not wait for a music video? Why did you sort of want to put together a quarantine thing? And obviously this is before you, Tom, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'll shut up. <laughs> Firstly, that video was just a lot of fun. So that's for our song Fairweather Friend, um, which was we went and recorded two singles with Seb Barlow at the end of 2019. Um, and then as we were sort of prepping the releases and stuff, obviously COVID became a thing. Uh, we had just shot the the first video for a song called Out of Reach, which is the single we released first. But as soon as we'd recorded that, about a week later, lockdown hit. So we were in a tricky position and was like, right, we don't know when this is going to be over. So it's like, okay, we need to shoot a video now, really, um, because we don't want to delay the release or it's going to have to go out without a video. So the song itself is kind of about, um, it's called Fairweather Friend, kind of the, the meaning is in the title really it's you know about shitty friends who fuck you over and you know are only there when it's the good times and aren't there for you when you're down and stuff so the the video kind of has no meaning to that in fact it's kind of the opposite it's so much fun we were just like right let's shoot from home everyone do a few different scenes make it fun um we had will i mean he always steals the show when it comes to comedy he literally he got like he got like topless put on like a swimming hat and some goggles and literally like bombed it into like a, a lake. <laughs> but the funniest thing was, if you watched the video, the lake was like about two feet deep. <laughs> as, he, as he jumped in, he, he just hit his ass on the floor and apparently it hurt a lot. <laughs> I, I think he actually showed me the uncut version of that, which isn't in the video yeah. where you just hear him go, oh, afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> literally. And, um, and what's funny about it is like, and all of us kind of experienced this was, when we were doing the, the shots outdoors or in like um, like public locations, we literally had people walking past. So he had people walking past while he was playing guitar topless in a swimming hat and like jumping <laughs> into a lake. I was, I was trying to shoot like a shot just out on a field. There's, a, there's a, a shot of me playing like an open field and I went to this field like three days running and it was always packed. So I got up at like 6 a.m., went there. And I was the first there, but as I'm recording and stuff and I'm singing it by myself in the middle of a field, like loads of dog walkers are coming past. And <laughs> it was so much fun. It was so much fun to shoot. Um, and then, then I, you know, I, I edited, it, edited it all and put it together. And it, as much as it's a low budget video, it's fun. And it came out like a lot better than we could have imagined. Um, and for anyone listening who has watched it or, or, or who is going to check it out, there was also a teaser we put out for the video where we basically did a video call um basically talking about how we couldn't shoot a music video and we were gonna have to put this together and the teaser video is probably funnier than the actual video so oh, well wow. <laughs> you have the time and then i'm telling you to do this as well mike if you have the time go back and check it will be on our facebook and instagram pages um 
is a few minutes long and it's it's a funny watch <laughs> it, it is brilliant and i love the um when you say with will steals the show and i saw him there's a part in there where he's using the weights and then he's got like a bit of cardboard that's like a massive circle and he writes really heavy weight on it and he's looking at the camera like yeah and that's just that sort of thing as soon as if you see that video and you don't have a smile on your face there is something wrong with you because it is just it, it all works together so well and keeping in line with music itself um, you guys have obviously done um, you've done the cover of Me by Taylor Swift and Brendan Urie and I'm always interested by bands with their sort of um, their views on covers in itself so what made you want to do that cover out of interest and w- w- I'll ask that first what made you want to do that cover have intrigue um, so okay where we were at a point where we'd like just like recorded and put out our first EP and we, we weren't quite ready to put out new music but we were like oh we should we basically said oh, we should do a cover at some point, you know, like a lot of pop punk bands will do a cover of a pop song and do it in like a pop punk sort of arrangement. And a lot of the time they do really well. Everyone loves a sort of pop goes punk cover, which I totally get. Um, so the, the sort of plan with that song was we basically said to ourselves, right, we're going to wait for like the next big artist to drop a song. And um, we had the money set aside for studio time. And we were like, right, as soon as someone drops a song, we're just going to go and do it. Like, and to be honest, like I don't regret doing it, but like, looking back probably wish we hadn't done that song but it was like it dropped and i thought holy shit this is taylor swift and brendan yuri it's like two big names um this song has to blow up so i was like let's go and cover it so it dropped and like within two days i had it written and like a day later we were in the studio recording it and we managed to release the song within about two or three weeks of the original being released which is incredibly quick for a cover to come Mm. out A a lot of bands will take a couple of you know a month or two at least um and we managed to get in there before any sort of any other bigger bands did it um and it's done okay like and, and it's still our most streamed song on spotify so we cannot knock it at all but there were some other songs that come out not long after that i kind of wish we'd done instead <laughs> mm. i can imagine that thing with covers because as you say one of the things that people i think don't understand when they're outside of knowing people who are in bands and things like that or obviously in a band themselves is that when you want to release a song that's a cover of something, most people don't have home studios. And so you can't just click your fingers and have a song released. It's quite a, a costly and not a, and also timely endeavor. And I think people don't really understand that aspect of it. No, yeah, of course. Like there's a lot that goes into it. You know, like even though it's a cover and the song's rewritten, you still have to arrange it in your own way. So it's kind of like writing a song in itself just without having to sort of arrange the chords and the lyrics. But so that takes time. And then you need to, you know, either get into a studio or like we, I didn't have my home studio set up quite to the level it is now. So we did go elsewhere to record that because um, we record in house now, but we, you know, we managed to book that in quite quickly, luckily. And, you know, even then it takes time to get that, you know, edited and, and mixed. Uh, and then once you've got the song, you still then have to like, make sure you've got artwork. You know, we shot a video for that. You have to like get all the distribution ready. There's all these other things that, add on days or weeks so to get a song out within a few weeks is pretty impressive and kind of proud how quickly we've done that but yeah it can take time which is why why you don't normally see it happen so quickly Mm. i'll ask each of you this um what in the whole songwriting process from starting to say right we need to write a song and then you know each aspect of it all the way to release and playing it live what is the your do you have a favorite point in a song because i know some people like changing it around and getting used to where it's going other people like practicing it before the first gig what sort of what's your favorite thing we'll go with luke first yeah okay um that's such a tough one for me because like songwriting and producing is kind of like you know my my thing um for me, like probably the best moment is normally getting the like the master 
version of the song back. So like once it's been mixed and mastered and getting that final, final version of the song and listening to it for the first time is normally like my favorite moment, but I do also really love, so like what, what, like with our songwriting process, what will happen is like, we'll normally write a song or we'll demo it. And then when we come and like, uh, for example, the new songs we come here and recorded them, I essentially take on like a producer role and we'll do like the fine tweaks and like changing bits and kind of like adding those little final touches that take it from like, you know, one level just to the next. Mm. And that's also a very, very favorite moment of mine. So it's kind of a tie up between those two those two parts in the in the process what about you tom it's interesting because you i also had two but they weren't either of those so one of them is <laughs> in the studio like as you say we got the demo version once we've recorded over that with like the proper version even before it's been mixed master you play it back on the speakers and you just hear how different it sounds while you're in that moment that's really cool and then probably the first practice of it like with couple of the new tracks when we went into rehearsal recently and it was like okay these are going to be the best two songs live now um mm. yeah yeah that was so good maybe that was it was because we rehearsed so we'd like hadn't rehearsed any of the new songs at all any of like the new the, the three new tracks uh so there's two that are out and then another one that's coming we hadn't recorded like we hadn't rehearsed them at all ever so playing them and then realizing that two of them were probably like our best songs ever was a very nice moment <laughs> mm, i can imagine because especially in the times that we're in like sort of the the live experience obviously at the moment is none obviously we're starting to open up again and over in, in england over the lockdown there's been sort of a tiny amounts and then disappeared again and things and obviously we're songwriting a lot of the time and with just the band cycle you know, a lot of the time it's, you know, write, record, release, and then you kind of tour with it and play shows with it and things while you're kind of, while that's happening in front of the audience, behind the scenes, you're getting all the other stuff cooking so that when the sort of, in, in a really, really layman's way of putting it, almost once the momentum of one EP finishes and you've done the whole thing, you've already, you don't lose the momentum, you swing it all the way back in, in momentum back to the start and you've already got all that sort of groundwork for it. So with not being able to play live, going back to, just even practicing together must have been quite a an interesting thing, especially with Tom being a newer member of the band. It might it must have been quite interesting to begin with. But I'm interested to hear what, how you both sort of felt about it. Yeah, man. Tom, do you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, for me, obviously, the I basically basically technically practiced with these guys three times. <laughs> That's my my audition, the other Tom's audition, and then that time like last month or whenever, and they're the three times. So for me, it hasn't felt too weird because that's all I've known but I can imagine for the others like being together as a four piece for quite a while and then bringing in two new people and stuff like that is a bit of a big change yeah I don't know if I'd say it was weird I'd definitely say it was exciting mm -hmm. is the word I would use for it because we like as Tom said we only practiced once for his audition and then again for other Tom's audition and then one time since um and that first proper practice with everybody and the new lineup was although we were going to be a bit rusty because, you know, I've not really like sung a full set in, you know, nearly a year and a half um, and everyone's in a similar position. We're going to be a bit rusty. It was still probably one of the best practices we'd ever had because like with the new lineup, I feel we're stronger than ever, like in terms of our playing ability and also the songs, I feel like they're like the newer songs are even better than our older songs. So like there was a lot of good things like okay we've got these new songs that are great we've got these new members who are really great and the like the morale is high like we're just buzzing so 
it was really good and really exciting um and quite a bit different to like what rehearsals used to be like so i'm excited to kind of continue that going forward mm. and one thing that I was, I was speaking to my brother uh yesterday and he's he's been in bands as long as i've known him and he's like 17 years older than me so i've always been going to his gigs and things and then uh, me and tom i've got mutual friends who are in bands and things you know you get one friend who's in a band and then you've got 20 friends in bands and they all play together and things when things are open up and stuff and one thing that he said uh yesterday um because he was talking about he's got a, a, a new drummer who's a pain and we're always having a joke because he can never get a sane drummer he's always he's like all drummers in the world are insane but a lot of them are good insane and crazy guys but some of them are just a nightmare but he was saying with being in a band it's so much more like a relationship than people really understand because the amount of time you have to spend together your your baby in air quotes is the songs that you're releasing so it's it must be quite interesting i think the band dynamic not only like I think Rob said, it's my brother's name, he was like, he would basically take someone who's 30 or 40% less skilled if he can just get along with them and they're just a good person who merges with a band. So I wonder if you guys have any sort of comments on that. Yeah, I can I can agree to that to some extent. Like, it's so important that you get on as friends as well as, you know, band members, um, you know, because you do spend a lot of time together and uh, Tom actually made a joke recently about how amazing it would be if we were in a relationship because it would benefit the band so much. So I think he was just hitting on. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I didn't say that as in the five of us should be in a relationship, specifically me and Luke. And I was saying how much that could benefit the band. You know, imagine if we lived together in a relationship, we just was able to be banned 24 seven, but um, no, like it is, you spend a lot of time with each other. We're in like, a, you know, a group chat, like chatting most days, every day, um, you know, figuring out plans together, figuring out like when we're going to like be available to gig and do this and do that and practice and everything. And you're basically always like under each other's toes. So it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean, like you have to get along. Um, it's like, it's like when you live with someone, right? You have to get on with someone you live with or you're just going to, you're going to hate it. Right. Mm. Um, so I kind of agree if someone was like a little less skilled, but like the person who was like more skilled was a dick, like <laughs> I'm obviously gonna take the nicer person. Now we kind of got lucky, I feel because, and I'm not just saying this to like, you know, lick their ass, but um, like Tom is a super nice guy and he's good at what he does. Like not only good at playing bass, he is good at like graphic design, other little things that help the band. And then our drummer is incredible and he's also a lovely guy as well so it's like we've got two great guys who are also good at what they do and have some element outside of the music alone where they also add to the band so we kind of like got all of these things included it was like a it's just like a special bundle deal thanks <laughs> a tom package yeah the full package <laughs> And obviously, Tom, you've been in loads of bands. I've known you for a while and, and you've um, just like our mutual friend Callum, like bands, in, you've been in, I'm not going to name any uh, names specifically, but obviously you've been in bands that can be difficult to work with. And so it's just like, is it, it must be quite refreshing now to be with like everyone who's basically just on the same page. Yeah, that was one of like the first things I actually said to the guys was like, to have everyone pulling in the same direction is just something that I've never really experienced and it, it just like it was such an eye-opener of how easy it could actually be um because even though it is hard work you know it's just it makes it so much more hard work when there's one person that's not fully committed or pull it pulling the other way or constantly saying you should go in another direction and with royals it's literally like everyone always seems to agree on everything and we all know we're all pushing in the same direction so it definitely makes a massive difference that's so true and do, do you know what like off the back of that it's like a lot of people 
they may or may not know this, but a lot, not, a lot of people who aren't in bands might not know, like you need to put in a lot of time, a lot of effort, financial investment as well. Um, you, you know, and just overall commitment to so many different things and you have to make sacrifices. Like we sacrifice time out of our lives to do this. We sacrifice like money and, you know, in turn that sacrificing things we could be doing that we're not doing because we need to like, you know, oh, we need money to, put towards recording or shooting a video or whatever um because at the moment you know we're not a self-fund a self-sufficient band like we're still funding it at the moment um and when you've got somebody who isn't committed or doesn't ever have like their share of money to put in and things like that which i've experienced before as well it makes it extremely difficult and it completely kills the mood whereas like tom said we just don't have that here everyone's like if we're in a boat we're all rowing if you you know if we were in a boat and someone wasn't rowing it's going to be slowing you down right so Mm. yeah i think we've, we've we've kind of got a bit lucky here and hopefully it continues that way and and things continue to pick up for us yeah it's, it's always good to hear when you have uh bands that have that uh sort of element there's too many bands especially in the alternative scene that have released amazing music but one of the members was just a dick and it just completely killed the band you hear like rumors about it and there just happens yeah they're not naming names chiodos sorry sorry <laughs> say, say sorry I, I love chiodos one of my favorite bands i saw craig owens live and he had a hissy fit while i was there telling my friend i thought he was a dick i thought he always was had loads of drama about him and i watched it happen i was like why why did i say something so it's an upsetting thing with bands being like that it's annoying when like you know you've got someone who's such a good singer as well and um and yeah then you just you know there's 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 a few of them like that they're just incredible singers and stuff and then they're just absolute dicks <laughs> yeah exactly and it's like I, I never really like to say uh, negative things about other creators or anything on the show but I well, not always if Craig Owens comes up I say it because I'm just like I do not forgive them <laughs> I tweet at them and they just delete my tweets and like take themselves out of the tags and things I'm like I just wanted you to say sorry did they actually um, delete your tweet I, I it was on there it might have been a little while ago now it was Slam Dunk mm-hmm. uh, one of the, the Slam Dunk times where they were headline on one of them and me and Kieran went uh, Tom knows uh, Kieran and yeah we went and it was the headline show we saw them instead of like two other big bands it was just me and Kieran wanting to see them we were so excited they cut their set half because someone threw a, a bottle but like it was a plastic bottle at Craig Owens while he was playing and so he mm-hmm. sat on the back of the speaker with his arms crossed and this, the keyboardist, this. yeah, the keyboardist had to sing for like one or two songs. Then Craig Owens came down and said, "This is our last song," and they sung the last song. And they left like half an hour early. I mean, Kieran were like, "Been literally looking forward to this for like six years. You never come to the UK, and then that happens." And it's like, I don't, yeah, I don't like to shit on bands, like honestly, because some people have bad days, and I can understand that. It's just. I know the reputation that's had that. So, um, but moving on to some more positive things without me just complaining about a traumatic bad experience. In my welcome, to the, um, welcome to the Craig Owens podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, with uh, I was going to say with the bands and things, what I love hearing about is sort of bands, musical tastes and whatnot. So what music are you into, Luke? And then Tom, and then we'll talk about this off and how it kind of connects with the rest of the band. Because it's always interesting, especially when you have a band who's in the alternative scene, all individuals tend to have uh, elements they like from each genre kind of come together in interesting ways. So please talk about that. Yeah, for sure. I think like we have very similar, but also like our own little differences in our music taste. So like for me personally, I, I used to be into a lot of metal and like sort of metalcore and heavier stuff. Um, I did slightly start to grow out of that. And I don't know if that was just getting older or if it was because I ended up being in a pop punk band, I started listening to more pop punk, but it's a weird one because I, I kind of got into pop punk first. I grew up listening to, I say grew up, but like when I started getting into it, I was starting to listen to like, 
you know, uh, Paramore and Blink and Fallout Boy and All Time Low and sort of the pop punk in what would have been, I guess, like 2010, I guess. Around then. Yeah. I was about 15, I think. Um, it was kind of sort of blowing up that. Uh, and then I got into like metal and was in a metal band for years and kind of ditched the pop punk scene a little bit. And then now for me, it's, it's very, very like a wide range. I listen to a lot of pop punk, but then I listen to pop music um not all of it but a fair amount of it i still listen to some heavier stuff but i'm a bit more picky um and i'm kind of really at the moment i'm really digging there's kind of this new wave of pop punk which is like kind of i don't know how to describe it it's kind of like the radio stuff where it's like pop punk but it's like electronic beats and pop music sort of almost so you know the likes of like machine gun kelly and mod sun and obviously avril Lavigne's making a comeback which is awesome and sort of artists like that i'm really digging at the moment because it's it's i don't know it's just bringing sort of pop punk back into the mainstream so i'm kind of excited about that but yeah i mean overall i think we're pretty pretty similar on the most part i think tom would agree yeah i was literally gonna say like we did the spotify thing where you compare each other's uh like listening habits and stuff it was like a link and me and luke matched 99 percent um, oh wow <laughs> so uh you've probably got the two worst people to get different answers on because we're so similar but like for yeah exa- exactly that i grew up with like it went from busted to then some 41 and blink and all that stuff um and then it was weird because i got into heavy music because i found bands of, like a day to remember that were doing both and i was like oh, i actually kind of like that screamy bit and then slowly delved into that world but i never gave up on the pop punk side of things um so I, that just always carried on but I think with all of us in the band, you can definitely see there's different influences coming from different places. Like Luke Day listens to quite a lot of pop music, which probably helps write catchier songs. And then you've got Alex who's doing Children of Bodom covers on Instagram and stuff like that, which helps when when we might want to include some tricky guitar stuff. So there's definitely like a wide range. I think like if you listen closely, it does come through. Like well, we've had a few comments saying about like um people have said like, oh, your your vocals are quite like catchy and you like almost like pop melodies and it's like well yeah because for me it has to be catchy at least i at least i think it is otherwise i wouldn't write it and not everyone's going to agree but for me like pop has catchy melodies right it's why it's why it's popular it's why it's on the radio um and you know it gets stuck in your head right so i do kind of write pop melodies as much as i can but with a bit of aggression in there for sort of pop punk i like the sort of raspiness and people like a lot of singers voices like punk singers um but then like tom's uh, saying with like alex he's shredding he likes loads of like crazy metal and stuff um and that kind of comes across because we have some lead guitar parts that are kind of nuts um for what we do you wouldn't sort of see a lot of generic pop punk bands doing some of the stuff we have um if you listen if you listen closely to a lot of the lead guitars but yeah on the most part we're pretty similar but those little flavors from each of us kind of add up to make the sound that we've got, I think. Mm, yeah, because when I listen to, uh, especially some of your newer things, you've got that, you've got the pop punk feel to it. And then there's these little moments that come in that are slightly more punky or slightly more poppy and things. There's, there's quite a few times where it goes a little bit sort of synthy or electronic, but just for only like a couple of bars and then it goes away. But that little moment, like there's some of my favorite moments in some of the songs. And it's yeah. just this little, I find that, a lot of the time is, as you say, because obviously with your experience and being, you know, producer and that sort of thing as well, and getting into that realm, you get to, it's the stuff that people may not even know they hear sometimes. Like I've been, sometimes when you listen to a song and you listen to it, you've been listening to it for ages and you listen to it on maybe different speakers or headphones. And then you hear maybe some extra like backing vocals, I find like when you've got like a harmonies going on, you're like, 
when it, how long has this been in the song i thought i've loved this song for ages but because there's all those levels there's the yeah. parts of it that make the song better that you may not even consciously realize as well so i think those elements that come into it work brilliantly yeah yeah i think like as a as an artist uh, and also you know producer you you know these things are here so like for me it's a bit of a it's a bit of a like love-hate relationship because whenever i listen to new music i'm constantly listening with like a producer mindset and i'm constantly judging so it's like i'll either love a song even more because i'm like holy shit like those harmonies are awesome or like i love that synth that they've layered in or whatever but then there are times where i'm like oh this song would be so good but they should have done this or they should have done this and it's a nightmare sometimes i have to try and switch off and just like listen like a like anybody would like just a, you know casual listener um so i definitely do that a lot but um I think it's it's nice when people notice those things because like we do put them in there for a reason and a lot of it is subtle. Um, the electronic stuff that we've started adding in the newer songs, there is there is actually at least one section in each of the new songs on this EP that are purely electronic and vocal. Um, you know, you've got kind of like the first verse in Jaded um, is mostly just, there's one guitar part, but it's just mostly synth and vocal. And then you've got- It's really fun. Yes, Yeah, it's really fun for Tom and Will. They play nothing. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and it's like that in all the songs. In Fairweather Friend, there's a there's a sort of electronic synthy bit of a breakdown. Um, and this, yeah, and I, I like that. That's because I like pop music. We like synth stuff. And a lot of pop punk music is kind of moving in that sort of direction where it's got that, pop element and it's more like polished than it used to be and as much as i used to like love like the sort of more raw pop punk sound i feel like nowadays if if you go in with that sound like you kind of get shot down quickly because the standard is just so high everyone's expecting these like clean polished songs with high-end production so you kind of have no choice really but to go down that route i believe anyway Mm. yeah and it's interesting one of the things i quite like about pop punk is how diverse it is because all it's basically saying pop punk is there's some amount of pop in this and some amount of punk in this and that is literally like it can be any variety like you can get you know wonder years and stories so far and you guys all sound completely different but you're all technically pop punk but i know you get like the sub like sad boy pop punk like real friends and things like that but like you know you it's, it's very interesting because what I love about it as well is you get bands that even release albums and I think Story So Far and uh, Wadi has both did this as well where they had a couple albums that were a bit more aggressive and things like that and then they released albums that were a bit more chill in a sense but that didn't people weren't listening to it going this is a pop punk it was more so like no this is just the parameters of pop punk are almost to your own will it kind of works in the same way with like you know rock and punk obviously go hand in hand in a lot of ways too and it's like when you can have the the meshing of genres you can appeal to so many different people in so many different ways and that's one of the things i think i love about pop punk you know yeah i'm the same mate. i'm exactly the same and i listen to a lot of that as well like i listen to the story so far um you know, uh, and a bit of real friends here and there and knuckle puck and some of those sort of like, they're kind of in the scene that I would kind of class as the slightly more punky side of pop punk, mm -hmm. slightly more aggressive. Uh, the vocals are normally a lot more, I don't want to say shouty, but kind of more aggressive mm -hmm. um, than sort of your sort of pop melody, sort of catchy pop melody style. Um, and that doesn't make it any better or worse. It's just different. Uh, whereas then on the other side of it, um, you have bands like sort of State Champs, which mm. are probably my favorite bands, uh, and like All Time Low, which are another favorite, favorite band of mine, where it's kind of more on the pop side of it, at least their newer stuff is anyway. Um, so it is, it's just so broad. And we want to kind of incorporate as much as possible because we do have this mixture of influence. And, you know, when you take a song like Jaded, our, our latest song, like I say, you've got that synth bit in the first verse, but then we literally have a breakdown in that song, which is kind of, 
one of the heaviest, well, the heavier moments on the EP. So we do try and like blend in as much as we can. Yeah, and one of the things we'll say is we'll start to sort of blend into the the with the new releases and things. And as we go into that, I want to ask about sort of has going into speaking about these releases and things. What when did you write the? So you've got the five main songs. I've got Worldwide Catastrophe, Fairweather Friend, Fairweather Friend Gone, which has not yet been released of recording this, but should be around the time of this being released. Jaded, which is the most recent one, and Out of Reach, which is the first release, I think. And so with those, obviously. Um, I've I've heard all of them because Tom cheekily sent me a link that a couple of days ago. So I've been loving Gone as well. I'm very excited. I think that Gone and Out of Reach might be my favourites. I just the first of the last always releases. I just I love them. So you I know. love that you've said that. So like I ordered the EP recently, like like favourite to least favourite. And firstly, the good thing is I genuinely I'm not just saying this because our song. I know I'm a bit biased, right? I genuinely don't feel like there's a bad song on here. Like no. I don't really get on that well with our first EP anymore. I don't know if it's because we've grown, but like, I don't feel like there's a bad song. But secondly, my two favorite songs. So gone is like my favorite and out of reach is like my second favorite. So like, it's cool to hear you say that as well. Um, I just think, and I know people haven't heard gone yet. And as you say, it should be out not too far apart from this, but I feel like that song, I'm hoping that song people are going to really get on with because uh, I just don't know. It's just really catchy, man. <laughs> it is. Well, when Tom, when Tom said to me, I listened once through and I immediately messaged him. I was like, so when you're releasing Gone, he was like, oh, I think that's the last one. And I was like, this literally, I was like, that's my favourite first listen. I was like, that's my favourite one of all of them. So I, right. I'm very excited for that to be released. But speaking of that, when you obviously mentioned about the, you released the two singles first, it was almost like you really, you uh, recorded the two and then you recorded the three in the sort of batches. What, when were you writing these and did uh, COVID affect your writing like were they written a bit before during so how how basically did the lockdown affect the writing and also the, the recording and how these songs kind of sounded yeah massively it had a huge effect but um as much as there were some downs about it it kind of brought about some good things so out of reach was the first one to be written out of these songs and um I remember showing, so when we recorded our first EP, uh, Painted Gold, we recorded with a guy called Matt O'Grady. Uh, he's done like You Me at Six and um, Def Havana and bands like that. And I remember showing him the demo. I had an instrumental demo for Outreach. And I remember him saying to me, he was like, write 10 songs like that and you'll have a banging album on your hands. Um, and I was like, right, I need to write 10 songs like this. So um, that song was kind of finished and written and finished not long after the first EP was released. Mm -hmm. So that's we're talking sort of mid 2019 um and then fairweather friend came pretty soon after that and we went into the studio with seb to record those at the end of 2019 so um i think so it's hard, the whole last year or so just mixed up my dates but i say that all the time <laughs> it's a hard question <laughs> um but yeah so at the end of 2019 it was september october time we went and recorded those two with seb and at the time, the plan was to kind of do these two singles, and that was kind of all we had. Um, and then as we started building up to the release, I was like, right, we should go and record another three, um, even two maybe. I think it was two we agreed on and do like a four-track EP. But we booked in uh, we booked in the time and then lockdown hit. Um, so we were meant to go back to the studio in April um, 2020, which was the same month that out of reach was due to be released so it was mm -hmm. going to be like right we're going to be recording these other songs and then they're going to come out in a timely manner so it's going to all be six weeks apart and it was going to be all, all done throughout 2020 but because of the delay it got pushed back to sort of like 
towards the middle end of the year but then it got pushed back again uh, and by this point we'd put out both both singles and we were like right okay well what do we do um and then lewis also left the band as well our old bassist so we're like okay so we need new people as well <laughs> so i then after we after we realized it weren't going to happen i then was like right i'm going to take it on board i'm going to produce it we're going to record it here and then we'll get seb to mix it uh, but we also agreed because of the the length and the gap uh, between the first two singles and these, we were like, let's do an extra song. So COVID basically, one, delayed our releases and then two, caused us to do an extra song because of it. Um, and also meant they were recording and recorded slightly differently in different places, which then kind of affected the outcome. Like if you listen to the, the CD, I don't feel like to the casual listener, it's really noticeable, but for us, like you can notice a slight difference in like the overall mix on the two older singles. It's subtle, but there is a difference. Um, and then the, the, the next thing that was really affected was the writing for Jaded. So Jaded was the, um, so actually before I say that, I should say Worldwide Catastrophe was like the first of the new ones to be written. Um, and, that was written with Alex. Me and Alex wrote that here together. But then Gone and Jaded, I kind of had to do mostly alone because we weren't really meeting up. We weren't allowed to see each other. So I wrote Gone. I was really happy with that one. And then we had one song left. We had the instrumental for Jaded. And it became really stressful. Like COVID completely killed my motivation. Um, I was like really down. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to finish this song. We had like a month till the studio and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to finish it. And it wasn't until about a week before we were due to actually record that I just about finished the lyrics for it um, and the sort of mm. the vocals. So it was very stressful. And it kind of, the reason it ended up coming about, about so quickly in the end was I literally was like, right, I'm going to write this about how I feel right now. And it was all about how I was feeling and like my mental health at the time, like COVID had completely like killed my mood. I was like down and depressed and, that's why it's all based around mental health and it's all about sort of what i was experiencing and also what a lot of people are experiencing kind of being trapped and isolated at home for the last you know six months to a year but yeah that's 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 the sort of story of how that all came about mm, yeah and so connecting in with that and sort of we'll say the this part will be more so about sort of the up and well, the the new releases and the actual uh, ep itself and so with we'll start with jaded as we just spoke about that so obviously the video to jaded as of recording this right now uh, was the most recent one out and you guys are in jumpsuits and it's got it's very powerful and I, when I spoke to Tom uh, before it's released he explained to me sort of how it had been put together you know behind the scenes and things he showed me some of the photos as well which are a lot of fun I know it was a bit of nudity on set that you don't get to see on camera either so I thought you guys could talk about sort of uh, the not only the meaning of the uh, the video and how it connects with the meaning of your lyrics and whatnot but also how it was actually recording the video with the guys and things yeah man I'll talk a little bit about the meaning of the song and then Tom can kind of take you behind the scenes on the sort of set but Kind of like what I said, you know, it's all based around mental health. Um, and when we decided that we were going to do a video for the song, um, which I don't think was the original plan. I don't know. Is that right, Tom? We weren't going to, was we? No, we weren't. We were going to do two videos for the first and last songs, but we were going to either do some sort of visualizer or just not do anything for Jaded. Yeah, that's mm. Yeah. And then I think like because because it was so meaningful and so powerful to me, like the message of the song, I was like, kind of want to do something more like we, we started talking about visualizers and lyric videos and we were just like i just want to do something out and, and actually have a concept to this um and then it was like okay well what can we do to kind of visualize this because i think it started with like 
before we decided to do a video, we were talking about like doing like a visualizer of me just like sat on a sofa and then like speed ramp it, like loads of people moving around me. Um, so I look all like, even though there's loads of people, you're just like lonely and isolated and depressed. And then it was kind of like, we can kind of fit that in in a way. And we did the whole jumpsuit thing because we wanted to look kind of like, I guess kind of like we were patients in some sort of like mental ward, like, you know, uh, that sort of thing. Um, and we we bought them all. I got the red one because we wanted it to match the artwork and, and for me to sort of be a little bit different playing kind of my role. And then everyone else wore the white. And then we basically looked for a location that was kind of, we wanted to give off that kind of like plain white sort of, it's all kind of feel almost like I guess, but like it didn't quite come off like that, but kind of did. Um, and basically just give off this, like this message and this like concept of being like trapped in your own head and like going kind of insane. Uh, so we had me kind of like writing out, scribbling out all the lyrics on this table, like I'm going mad. And we had like sort of the, the, the tube of pills, which, uh, I guess kind of to resemble like sort of, uh, resemble sort of medication and stuff. Um, and we had uh, it's a little very subtle thing. But we we got like a clock that was behind behind me and behind some of the performance, which was kind of t- there. It is there. It is Tom <laughs> um, to resemble kind of like we wanted to do something where the clock was spinning around really fast, so it's to resemble like time going by so quickly and like you just being stuck there. But it was kind of impossible to do that. So we kind of just left it there. And for anyone listening, there's a little bit of an Easter egg, which was we set the time to five to six. So it was on the 11 and the six, which is the 11th of June, which is our EP release date. So it's a little, little Easter egg. Um, but yeah, we kind of did all these things and then we wanted to visually, we wanted to match the artwork, which was red. So we made sure everything was red. Um, we had the red flashing lights. And the idea behind that originally was going to be like this red flashing light was going to be like a siren going off in this mental ward. And we're like going nuts or whatever. But yeah, so we kind of I feel like we got across the message. If people watch the video, they kind of get that. Um, it wasn't exactly how we planned, but we're so happy with how it did come out. Like things always change. But I'll let kind of Tom take over from there and kind of say about how it was on the set and things. Yeah, no, it definitely changed from what we planned because, I mean, we initially were looking, like Luke said, about plain white studios. And for something so simple to get the right effect, it was really hard to find, actually, and really expensive if you did find anywhere. So we ended up, um, it was actually a wedding venue that leave it blank so people can kind of do what they want with it. But that worked really well for us. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was a typical video shoot day, really. Got there fairly early and like where we're going all day i mean like you said there's a bit of nudity but that's just will for you um there's (laughs) there's never a time when you see will and he's not at least thinking about getting naked at some point whether it happens or not is the gamble but yeah i mean at the worldwide catastrophe shoot he got into his boxes um i have unreleased footage of that yeah and then this time at jaded he got fully naked but covered up so i'm really Dread, we were quite dreading the next video, but fortunately, we were so pushed for time that nothing like that happened. Literally, uh, we were so strict with him. We were like, we don't have time for you to mess about today. So it's like, we'll give you like 10 minutes. You can have an allocated 10 minutes, but you cannot mess about that because it, it was a rush. But he's always like that. It's just him. And do you know what? Like, I love him for it. He's just so much fun. He, you know, as much as he can be a nuisance at times, he's just fun. Like, you can't you can't not like the guy for it. Like you're just having a laugh, shooting a video and all of a sudden you've got a butt naked man running about um, while you're filming. So uh, 
<laughs> it's fun now it's all good but uh sorry to interrupt you tom <laughs> no, that's fine i was even just thinking of when we were well when we were recording and we obviously had to go in one by one and i'd been in in the morning and done some bits and then left and will was there in the afternoon and i just got sent this video from luke into the van chat later on where he's went to the toilet walked back into the studio and will was just butt naked on his sofa in there (laughs) (laughs) he catches you off guard like always think like he's gonna do something but like it doesn't happen you think oh maybe he's grown up and then it happens (laughs) i mean the the good thing was that your wife didn't walk in there looking for you (laughs) imagine how funny Oh, she should have been terrified and telling me. He's done it. She's walked in and he's been doing something and she's like, <laughs> oh my God, what, what is happening? <laughs> um, but I don't think there was too much, you know, going on behind the scenes at, at the Jaded shoot. It was just like a really fun day, really. It was quite taxing because, sorry. I was going to say, there was there was one more fun thing. We had um, we had lots of snacks and tea and biscuits and, and Tom, not this Tom, our drama Tom. We had tea and biscuit break. And we were obviously like in our outfits we were shooting and he has spilt tea down the front of his white <laughs> jumpsuit. So he actually then had to share jumpsuits. Was it with you or Alex? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Alex got his dirty as well on the floor. I'm pretty sure there was like sharing one sweaty jumpsuit between like two or three of them. <laughs> yeah, well, that, the, the, the worst thing about the coffee that he spilled was that there was no like, it wasn't like he tripped up or someone made him jump or anything. We were stood in a circle, socially distanced, just having a chat. And the next thing you know, his, he's just literally tipped it down himself. And we're like, what are you doing? <laughs> he's just got this brown <laughs> coffee stain down the front of his nice white jumpsuit. Oh. Um, fortunately, we'd done all the band shots by then. So like we could share, but otherwise, yeah, we would have to do something. Um, and then, yeah, I think Alex is, he was trying to take his jumpsuit off without taking his shoes off. So sort of rubbed it along the floor quite a bit and yeah we ended up sharing one nice sweaty jumpsuit it was a long day though long, one of the longer shoots like those two shoots for that and and what were catastrophe were two long shoots like we're talking like 12 hour days like they were they were really long but ollie who shot uh, ollie duncanson shot both of those videos and, and the video for gone which will be coming out soon he's a legend he just he's a workhorse he just gets it done uh has a laugh easy to work with so big shout out to him because he's, he's kind of smashed the videos what impresses me most is like he's not he will not rest until he's got the right shot and like that's why it takes so long but it's so worth it like yes it's a long day but the outcome you can just see the amount of work that's gone into it yeah because i for a, a little while i used to i made a few music videos in it was after college i've always had some vague creative outlet a youtube show podcasts music videos as well as things are the, the only reason I didn't continue on with it was because when you've got the finished product after you spent hours and hours doing the music video, it is so good. And it's just like, there's, there's nothing quite like it from me because obviously I've not released music or anything. So I was like, ah, oh, this visual, you know, thing it works with the music and all that sort of stuff. But the amount of shots you need to get and the amount of time and the painstaking like seconds of make, obviously, because you said you made the uh, the quarantine video yep. for, um, yep. so it was was it Fairweather Friend? Sorry, the quarantine uh, video? Yeah, Fairweather Friend. Yeah. Yeah. So you obviously made that. And so you know that when you, even something like that, you still have to be very specific with the timings of the editing. Yeah. It's it's, it's so time consuming. Like I, I shoot like, uh, I don't do them as often as I like to, but I have a YouTube channel where I do like uh, Pop Goes Punk covers. Mm. And even something as simple as that, like the amount of time it takes me to do those, uh, you know, just to film and edit those and i only do like a handful of shots here you know because just sort of in my bedroom um in my studio sorry um like it 
it's so time consuming because you have to go in, you have to line up all the videos um, and then you have to go through and decipher which bits you're going to use. Like you have this couple of seconds to fill of a certain shot and you've got, you know, X amount of videos to go through and be like, okay, no, that's that bit, right? Okay, next bit, that's that bit. Is it in time? Make sure it's all aligned and things. So it's time consuming, Let you know, getting the shots and doing the video, you know, that's a day's work and then editing it. So, you know, big you know big shout out to everyone who does that because it's a lot of hard work and um there's a lot of talented creative people out there yeah it is it is a very time-consuming endeavor and yeah there's so many videos now that just look incredible and so speaking of your music videos then we'll speak about worldwide catastrophe so if we speak about the the song itself um so that was actually the third release of yours um, of this because uh, obviously you had out of reach and then fair with a friend so with worldwide catastrophe that was obviously once again with tom and whatnot so the the theme of the song itself though let's go with that then we'll go into the video a little bit so worldwide catastrophe what's that sort of meaning and what kind of came about with those lyrics yeah that's another big one this one so okay this is a fun one really and kind of breaks a lot of people's expectations and that's the end of part one thanks as always for tuning in guys as i said at the start part two will be out next sunday and if you can't wait that long then check over patreon.com slash genuine chit chat donate as little as one pound a month and you'll get access to this and loads of other cool stuff as well And also, you know, if you still can't wait, make sure you check out everything about Royals in their social media and on their website. Check out their music on Spotify and also their custom Spotify playlist because there's an incredible amount of great music in there. It's really good if you want to widen the music of pop-punk parameters, especially for when summer arises because that is the top time I love listening to pop-punk. As a little preview, in part two of the chat, we discuss the video and song meaning behind Worldwide Catastrophe, uh, their anticipation for future live shows, the future of the band, the songwriting process, the general theme for the Spark to Ignite EP, interactions with their fan base, toxic positivity, and many other topics as well. So make sure you subscribe to Genuine Chit Chat or just show up again in a week's time to listen. Aside from that, what we've got coming up over the next few weeks, we have got a conversation recorded with a gentleman named Tom Everett, who's an actor who's been on the show before, and we speak about uh, stagecraft, morality, and a few other bits and pieces there. That's going to be a two-parter, so that'll be released a little bit further down the line. I have got a conversation due for recording next week with a person who's been podcasting for about 14 years, so that's a really, really cool chat. I can't wait to chat with that individual. I've also got another two-parter, which I'll probably end up releasing actually in one big go, Uh, which is with a gentleman named Michael McCormick. He did a lot of the puppet work for Dark Crystal and did loads of the puppet work for Labyrinth as well as a lot of the aesthetics and things. He also created the little creature in Jabba's Palace in Episode 6 of Star Wars, Return of the Jedi, which is called Salacious Crumb. He created that puppet as well, did a lot of the puppet work in Jabba's Palace too. So really excited to release that. And I've got video of that as well because he shows me a lot of the puppets and things he uses for certain things. There's even one he holds, which is actually was on screen for Labyrinth, which is really, really cool. So I'll probably be releasing that on youtube so you can see the video with it as well so people can get the full experience um but that's really it for the time being i've obviously got stuff in the pipeline as i always do you can check out my star wars show on the feed of comics in motion every saturday i release an episode about star wars comics i specifically talk about the narrative in a way that if you've never read a single star wars comic in your life you can still understand everything that's going on i go through the narrative in sort of footnote details i explain the connections of other stuff give more information about certain characters certain or caveats of information 
information and trivia and things like that and also I'm starting to widen the berth a little bit as well where I'm doing more ongoing series I'm going to be tackling some of the new stuff that's going on like with the War of the Bounty Hunters massive crossover event with like 34 issues I'm going to be tackling that soon as well so make sure you go over to Comics in Motion there's loads of other cool nerdy stuff over there too there's a different show every day of the week there's superheroes for dummies so people can learn about superheroes and a lot more of the superheroes there's people like Spider-Man Batman but then there's some more obscure people like Plastic Man and things like that Uh, there's also loads of other great shows as well any variation of the amount you like superhero stuff comic stuff nerdy stuff there's TV and movie shows there's a discussion show there's an indie comic show there's a classic comic show of the golden age of comics which is from like the 40s to the 60s there's loads of loads of really really great stuff there so make sure you check out comics in motion anywhere you're listening to this you should be able to find it Aside from that, guys, I'd say Patreon is the only other thing. So patreon.com slash genuine chit chat. You'll get access to this whole pop punk interview in one full unsplit go, as well as about, I think it's about six or seven of the last genuine chit chat episodes that I've split in half. The full episodes unsplit are released on the feed as well. And also I do the Afterthoughts show with Megan, where we talk about for about 10 to 20 minutes, usually. Uh, we speak about TV series we've watched, movies we've watched recently. We're trying to watch some more movies as well. So we're trying to put some new things in there as well as some old stuff and any of the new things we don't spoil anyway but if you want even more of my voice you like hearing the banter that myself and my girlfriend Megan have because she pops up in a few episodes here and there too and if you really want to support the show you can do it for as little as one pound a month so it would mean the absolute world to me genuinely anytime someone becomes a new patron it, it generally means so so much and I just thank everyone who's been doing that and yeah I just want to say you can go over there and check it out and if even if you don't want to contribute any money you can listen to two episodes completely for free on there uh, which is our review of The Witch season one no spoilers in that and then also star wars the phantom menace um so make sure you go check that out even if you don't want to contribute financially and if you don't want to check those out and you still want to help out the show review on whatever you're listening to this on you know apple podcasts or stitcher or anywhere like that leave a review uh, tell people what you think of the show spread it on social media and tell your friends just about this interview about the many other musical interviews i've done and stuff as well and if you want to find other musical interviews and things and you don't want to have to trudge through the entirety of the catalog go over to youtube and i've put everything in playlists there's music and band related stuff there's science ones there's religion spirituality ones there's all kinds of different things there so i've split them into genres there nice and easy so you can go over there check them out on youtube and then wherever you listen to podcasts normally you can find on the podcast app so that's about it from me guys thank you as always for listening i really appreciate it make sure you give royals all the love you possibly can because their ep is excellent and i can't wait for it all to be out so i can listen to it in its entirety on spotify and uh yeah thanks as always for listening guys hope you have a good time and yeah i'll speak to you next week